Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spooky Spouses. I'm Lindsay Reed. I am Jordan Reed, and this is our show. <laughs> we talk about ghosts, uh, Slimer, cryptozoology. We also talk about urban ur- legends. I was going to say yours. You always say urban legends. Oh. Urban legends. Um, urban Meyer. He's the football coach. Scary foods, because that's what you always say. And then you always say something else that's very cool and scary. (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first time listening, trying to make it a little succinct, we talk about anything paranormal adjacent. All sorts of things, things that we just discussed, things that we will be discussing on the show. Real stories, fake quote unquote fake Fake stories stories. Um, personal stories we do talk about personal stories it gets very real on the show Linz and i were gone last week so sorry for missing an episode but we went to new york city together for a husband and wife super date well i think that's what most vacations are if you just go with your significant other super date they're super dates i guess that's a good way of looking at it thank you very much (laughs) extended date extended date super date awesome date it was an awesome we had some awesome dates yeah got a little scary it got a little scary flew in what the day after bomb cyclone yes the day after now bomb cyclone is not the name of my new heavy metal group uh (laughs) we do all static x and disturb mashups but covers bomb cyclone yeah this giant snow but we made it there it was cold, but it was fun. It was very cold. It got warmer and warmer as I realized we we're talking about the weather, or I started talking about Moving on. Uh, <laughs> it was very fun. We did a lot of fun things. What was your? We did. What was one of your favorite things we did? I don't know. I really liked going to get the simple cookie faces, which we got a crying Drake and a Jerry Seinfeld cookie face. We did. at the For cup- way too much money. But that was our only, that was our only splurge. But it was delicious. They, yeah, they were very good. And it was a big cookie. So, like, you think about it, you kind of got your money's worth. It's We got it from a place called the Cupcake Market. If anyone is listening in NYC, I believe it's in the East Village. All I know, it was by Momofuku. And we also ate there. We ate very good ramen there. It was delicious. But we went, yeah, we got these face, these cookie faces, these face cookies. And Drake was delicious. Drake was very good. We got a Drake for ourselves and a Jerry Seinfeld for my sister and her boyfriend, Soleil. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they ate it. I hope so. It was an expensive cookie. It was. But that was our only splurge in New York City was getting... I just hit our new microphone stand. And it was so funny because we were talking earlier like, oh, we have a new microphone stand. It'll eliminate maybe us tapping the bottom with our foot. But I just punched it. Yeah. Oops, a daisy. (laughs) But New York was very fun. We had a great time. Sorry for missing a week. We're happy to be back. And we have a lot of spooky things to talk to you guys about. Yeah. Including. What? uh, It's our first jump scare. Well, I guess I sort of prepared him for a jump scare. But it's our first (laughs) jump scare of the show. Let's see how this works. Boo. I am a scary ghost. Did that scare you? No, it didn't scare me at all. <laughs> okay, that's fine. No, I thought I'd try it on for size. On this show, we bring in topics. I research a topic. Lindsay researches a topic. And then we talk about them for the first time on the show. So yeah. I have no idea what Lindsay's bringing in today and vice versa. Yeah, we have no idea what we're in for. Absolutely not. Lindsay is very protective over her notes as well. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be in the room maybe 10 feet away. And I have, you know, I wear glasses. I'm... If you didn't know that about me, now you know. So if you want to stop listening now, you can. But I do wear glasses, uh, and I have very bad eyes. But I'll be 10 feet away, and Lindsay's, you know, put her notebook up and say, don't look at my notes. Well, because I don't want to ruin the fun of it. 
of you not knowing the topic that I'm about to tell you. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to start with yours? Yeah. I'll start with mine first. I forget. It's been so long since our last show. I forget even what we talked about Our last last show? I don't remember. I don't either because it wasn't our Christmas episode. Oh, we talked about something about... There were bones. Someone stole bones. Oh, yeah. You were talking about your bones. I went into our book, (laughs) Mysteries of the Unsolved or something Which I don't know if I fully believe the bone findings, but... I think it's 50-50. I think it's A-B-A-B-A-B. All the A's you believe, all the B's you don't. Okay. I don't know. Well, my topic's not like a big, huge topic. I just thought it would be really cool to talk about because like it's cold, it's winter... Usually, this is the time of year that I want to like drink a lot of tea. A haunted tea, haunted, haunted tea story. Tea, no, but like, or I just want to read a good book. Hey, what about quick aside? You know, most ghost investigations or most paranormal investigations, you go to the places at night where you're using flashlights and stuff like that. What about something that's maybe more up our alley? Because we ghost... go to bed at eight o'clock. Well, eight thirty. Um, <laughs> Something a little more our speed where you go investigate a haunted building or a supposed haunted building, but it's, say, like 2 p.m. A tea. I think you can do that. But but they serve very nice tea there. Oh. And, and like, the whole thing is you're walking around with a saucer and a, a very nice cup. Very People don't have a lot of excuses or a lot of times when they bring out their fine china. You bring it out for this, ghost tea walk, you have your tea, you wander around and go, <laughs> I oh, think I'm pretty sure I heard a uh, ghost. And I think that, well, yeah, it would be like us and a bunch of 85 and over people, which is fine. fine. Yeah, that's great for me. Things might get rowdy, but. Yeah, a little too rowdy. Well, anyways, I was (laughs) talking about, usually I want to just have some tea and read a good book. But I never know what books to like read. I never know what's like going to be a good book. And I'm the type of person that like, I don't want to invest my time into something unless I know it's going to be good. Especially with books. I have... I've put away more books than I've finished. Oh, see, I have to finish them then. I can't. I can't. Unless even. it's terrible, then I have to finish it. I can't. Can't do it. I just get so bored and I think, what else could I be doing? Not that I dislike reading, but man, it's got to well, hook me. Well, then maybe you won't like my topic. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very dull. <laughs> it's very dull. I'm just reading the Actually, fifth... you guys are listening to PBS and we're just going <laughs> to recap the year. No, I did like the whatever... I mean, this was from Barnes and Nobles and like the New York Times and stuff. They said these were the 2017, since we just had the new year, these were last year's best horror books. Sweet. But I haven't read any of them. And I kind of got like a little description of each in case you're interested. That's called an annotated bibliography. Oh. I had to do a lot of that one time. (laughs) I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Okay, so my first book I found was... The um just called Changeling, okay. and it's by Victor Lavalli. I wasn't really interested in this because when I heard Changeling, I was like, "Is this like the movie? I know there's a movie out there called The Changeling." And there's a movie called The Changeling. I think so, and I just never really cared to watch it because it was like in the midst of all those like exorcism movies that were coming out at the time, like Exorcism of Emily Rose, and I saw that movie when I was an undergrad. And that movie scared me. Well, exorcisms are scary. That's one thing we have not talked about yet, is the Maybe creepiness. dibs. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the Changeling was a movie, and it came out in the 80s. Okay, so I don't know if it has anything to do with the movie, but Changeling. It is about a rare book dealer 
whose life is torn apart after his wife commits an acts of an act of violence and then vanishes. But this is what got me was NPR because usually NPR is pretty pretty Great. truthful about yeah. their their opinions. I think they have to be. They said it was one of the most enchanting, horrifying, and infuriating books they've ever read. They've ever read? Yeah. So wow. I kind of am curious to read it now. Maybe we need to read more books. I used to read all the time. I just make an excuse this haven't had time to read books. Well, day by day, I do throw one of your books in the... In the <laughs> well, I recycle it without you knowing. But now you know. Surprise. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> the second book I found was... And if I pronounce any of the author's names wrong, just forgive me. You'll be able to find the book. <laughs> okay, this one's called The Grip of It. And I'm kind of curious about this one. This is not a skateboarding book? No, it's not about Tony Hawk or anything. It's called The Grip of It. It is by Jacques Jemp. Jacques Jemp. Jacques Jemp. How do you... J-E-M-C. J-E-M-C is the last name? Yeah. Johnson. No. (laughs) But this one, this one I think would be really fun because it's about a young couple who purchases and lives in a haunted house. Whether or not they know if the house is haunted before they move in. I don't know. That's the... You have to read the book, I guess. Classic case. Um... The house and its surrounding terrain become the locus of increasingly strange happenings. There's hidden rooms, there's stains, there's like odd decaying, there's mold spores, and there's mysterious residents. And that was like part of the description that they gave me for this book. So I was kind of interested in reading that one. Could we start referring to ghosts as mysterious residents? Because <laughs> yeah, it is think, mysterious if you never see them, you only right. hear them. You don't know if they're ghosts. They could just be animals. Yeah. Be a raccoon. He's just mysterious. What if... What he just if, likes to keep to himself. Well, he's fine. He's private. <laughs> uh, what if you and I came across a large sum of money, we went somewhere and bought this extravagant house, which we would not spend our money on that. I understand that. But hypothetically, if we did... And you found a bunch of hidden rooms you didn't know were there? I'd be super sketched right. out. I think moving into a house, like, okay, take a young couple Us. moving into their first home, buying their first home together. I mean, moving in anywhere, you have strange noises, you're a little uneasy because you're not aware of your surroundings. We like, thought we had a ghost at our old house. Well. Cliff. Yeah, well, Cliff just liked to knock the paintbrushes off the sink. Which is weird. In the basement. He just didn't like decorating. Leave it the way it is. <laughs> he was a big advocate for leave it the way what it was, is. What uh, was nothing was wrong. What was what was the name of the paint that we painted our bedroom? It was like nature nature bar or like something silly. I have. I, I was gonna make it. I was gonna say like he was. He had a very specific. He was a very specific disdain for that one color. But either way, <laughs> but we were in my sister's old house. There was a small secret room, remember, under, like, there was there was her closet oh, under, under her stairs, stairs, and then there was a smaller door in the closet. Yeah, it was weird. And there were scratch marks in it. There were scratch marks. Like, whether it was a ghost, scary. Whether it was a dog, sad. Very sad. Like, if they locked their animal up in there, that's sad. But even finding that small room was creepy. Imagine finding multiple yeah. haunted rooms. Hidden rooms. Ugh. Well, that one's called The Grip of It. The next book I have that they said was one of the best horror books of 2017 was... The Dictionary. The Encyclopedia. (laughs) Um, This one's just called You Should Have Left by Daniel Kelman. That sounds right. Is that what the ghost said before he cut their... Well, you should have (laughs) left. You should have left. Slice. It's actually like a a prequel to the couple moving into the house. (laughs) They're like, well, you should have left. You know, should have left. But this one, 
This one was a little hard. I think it's more of a psycho, like a psychological thriller. Mm. What I gained from it. A journalist rents a cabin in the mountains of Germany with his wife and four-year-old daughter. The house, like, it has weird expectations of his recollection and seems to defy the laws of physics. That was like a sentence that they put in there. So I didn't understand, like... Because, like, if the house feeds off of your energy, if that's what they're trying to say. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but he is a journalist, so he's recording while he's in the house, and there's a bunch of uncanny events that happen and unfolds, and now, is he, he recording? Of, is, is he recording his new album, or is he just recording... He's a journalist. So, so his no. new mixtape. So, yeah, so he's remixing... Drake's new album. <laughs> but it's just, but it, the only way it's remixed is it's just him rapping over top of Drake, <laughs> but you can still hear Drake the entire time. Yeah. What well, a cool it's, album. it says journalist, so it doesn't say his name. It could be Drake himself. This could be, just be a biography about Drake. And th- what if, wouldn't, wouldn't this be so silly if this is an autobio that Drake wrote it? Should have left, left. Okay, so the last the last book I have, I, when I first started reading it, I was like, no. No, I will not read this book. This book is not up my alley. But the title is cool. And then at the very last sentence that I read, I was like, oh, yeah, I would read that. And so would Jordan. It's called The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion. Ooh. And it's by Margaret Kiljoy. Wow, that name sounds so familiar. Margaret Kiljoy? I don't know if she's... Margaret I'm, I'm sure maybe she's written other things i feel like i've seen my mom read some margaret killjoy books maybe her name popped right up author what lies beneath the clock tower myth makers and lawbreakers i don't think i know any a steampunk's guide to the something no that's okay oh the apocalypse okay well just a cool name i guess yeah well this one is about a girl named daniel kane and she's a punk rock traveler yeah. So a PRT. I, immediately I was like, this is not going to be up my alley. But she is jaded from the decade of traveling on the road. She's searching for clues about her best friend's mysterious and sudden suicide. She vanishes to a squatter utopian town of Freedom, Iowa. And I was like, okay, she's trying to find clues of why her friend died. Still not really grabbing me too much but what grabbed you is when she's in the utopia of squatters where no one pays for anything someone got her into mxpx no oh but things went a little crazy in freedom while she's there and um she realizes that the residents that live in freedom in the town Mm -hmm. they have a summoned protector that is a spirit so they have this like their own god kind of thing it sounds like and this protector spirit, they refer to it as, is to serve as their judge and executioner. Perfect. And then the last sentence, all it said was blood red three antlered deer. That's sweet. Like all in caps. I like so that. So I'm thinking like it's going to be this really cultish, like God type demonic animal mm-hmm. thing. But I'd be totally wrong. They could have just thrown that in there just to just screw to grab with you. us. And it has no has nothing to do with the <laughs> book whatsoever. If you could pick if you could pick your your haunted spectral deity, what would yours look like? Like a little animal or like something? Like a haunted judge and executioner animal. 
Well, mine will probably just, mine would be something like super cute with like, that would be terrifying later. Like it would be like a little fennec fox, but it would like, it would be super cute. But then like you would like walk in at the wrong time and like it would be executioning, like executing somebody execute like you would be eating like your neighbor paula's face off paula and it would just like look at you and kind of make like little fennec fox noises like little squealings yeah and then you'd just be like that thing is gonna eat me it's gonna eat my face because it is it doesn't look menacing when it looks at you when it's eating off your neighbor paula's face it's just like i'm hello i'm in here yeah and maybe you'll have like little horns or something that'd be cool i like the horn edition because it needs something like to set itself, you know, apart from, apart the, other... from the other fennec boxes. Yeah, I understand that because you add the horns, still cute. Yeah, and maybe he'll be but... all he'll be all matte black. So not like no shine. No, he's all matte black. When he closes his eyes, you don't even know where his eyes are. Like they just. What color are his eyes? Black. Everything is matte black. Yeah. The horns too. Yeah. That's a cool idea. What about you? Mine. I just made that up now. Yeah. Well, no kidding. <laughs> What would it's what was it in really quick its name? Um I don't know. Okay, well mine when I asked you that I already <laughs> thought of a name, so I'm starting with the name. Mine's name would be Lagorioth. And wow. Lagorioth <laughs> would be uh not a sloth, not a snake. What's another animal that starts with an S? I almost said serpent. That's still a snake. That's still a snake. Okay, we're not What gonna... about a seal? Okay, we're getting somewhere. An evil seal. Some sort of an aqua. It would be like a Ooh, giant. Like an anglerfish. I was going to say an anglerfish. But then, like, land folk would not be afraid of it. Oh, it would float survive. around. That'd float around. <laughs> okay. It'd float around. It would be a monstrous anglerfish with three fish heads on the front, almost all touching one another. Yeah. So it could see left, right, straight, you know, perfectly fine. And it would still have its anglerfish bioluminescent little. Would tackle. it have like little horns on its little anglerfish? Pole? No, it would say it would be like bright pink and yellow. It's a little bioluminescent thing, and it would just say fun. So you'd be attracted to it. You'd like oh. walk and be like, oh, there's fun. Or it would like the the words would change on the bioluminescent angler sphere. Sometimes it would say like free nuggets inside. So it's like a it's like a a modern a modern anglerfish. Well, technology it still looks, savvy. Yeah, it can change the words on its sphere. It's it's a little savvy, but you know it's not using Wi-Fi and stuff. It's using its own its Generated own powers, energy. Yeah, it's self Wi-Fi. Gotcha. Uh, but it would eat it would eat you to death when you saw when like you'd walk up and like the 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 sphere. You know, like maybe you're walking on at night and you just see this big sphere in front of you light up that says like um, what would it say? Free iPhone X. Like oh that's all right. I don't really <laughs> want an iPhone, but I have to pay for it. So you walk up there. Yeah, people chomp. They'll risk it for an iPhone. They'll risk it for an iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. But that was just a short list. There was um, a good handful. I think there was like eight more books that were on there, but those are the ones that just spiked my interest, so I might might get a couple. Start reading them. Go through the the, the titles of the books one more time. Okay, so we have, let me see, we have Changeling. Changeling. By Victor Lavalli. The Grip of It by Jacques, J-E-M-C. James. <laughs> you Should Have Left by Daniel Coleman. Okay. And The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion by Margaret Kiljoy. But they're supposedly the best horror books of 2017. Maybe a 2018 will be even crazier ones. I hope so. 
Yeah. If you've read any of these books, let us know. You can tell me how they are, because I don't want to waste my time. Tell tell Lindsay directly how they are, and then she'll <laughs> tell me how they are. You can write to us on Twitter at spooky underscore spouses. Instagram really isn't the place for text, I guess. I don't know. You can comment on some if you want. Or you can send us an email at spookyspousescast at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know if you've read these books or if you have any other suggestions of spooky books personally. Maybe not from 2017, but something that from... That I just should read. 2002. 1981. Seriously. 1984. 80s, like... I feel like 80s had the most, like... The best ideas, I guess, of horror movies. Like, they there was good. the slasher films, but, like, the sci-fi movies and stuff were, like, they're super original. They are original. And what's cool is they're... You notice this thing as horror movies, anything that falls in the realm of being kind of spooky and creepy, you notice the way they're shot. Whenever you see whatever monster it is or monsters, it's always a very quick shot. And they're, like, they're more jump scares. You know, yeah. you have your you have your strings... Uh, tremoloing, building suspense and stuff like that, and then boom, there's a scare. But back then, you would hear the monsters, you'd have long establishing shots of the monsters or the ghosts or the aliens or whatever, and it makes it creepier. It's creepier to hear. It was more fun, I thought. They're a little fun, I guess, yeah. Yeah, nowadays it's jump scares and blood and gore, which is fine. All it is now is just fake blood and jumpies. Which is, I mean, that's an art. Making making really convincing fake blood is an art. But the storylines... I mean, the storylines back in the day were not the greatest either, but they were fun. Yeah. Because you never saw anything like that before. What's one of your favorite, your old favorite horror movies? Oh, what's yours? I'm trying to think. I mean, I like Gremlins. I like Gremlins too. That was an 80s. Yeah, that was an 80s That was movie. an 80s. Yeah, Gremlins was kind of creepy, but it was also very funny. Oh, it was, it was great. Like, I would watch Gremlins all the time because it was fun. What did I... I remember that old movie Critters, which was like Gremlins, but it wasn't Gremlins, <laughs> it called wasn't, Critters. It wasn't as good. It was Critters, and they would like... Uh, they had subtitles underneath, and they would swear and stuff. <laughs> if you want a funny movie, an old movie... I don't know if it was 80s, but The Reanimator. We think, watched that one, and that was pretty funny. The Reanimator is very funny. I know it's on Netflix. I believe that's from the 80s. It's a, it's a it's good an, one. It's not... It's not from 2000. No, it's not super scary, but it's it's fun. It's very fun. There were some very funny parts. I agree. I like the movie a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Lens. Yeah. So now, before we go to a break, we are announcing the winner of our holiday extravaganza. Our Mary Molly Madness giveaway. <laughs> I don't know. There's always like new words that our... come up in there. Yes, I agree. Yes, there are. But we have some awesome prizes, and um, Molly picked her favorite. Molly picked her favorite one, <laughs> and our winner is... We couldn't is... decide, but we just put names in a hat, and Molly picked Do you want one. a drum roll? Are you going to say it? You're going to say I'm a drum roll. You can go ahead and say it. Will you drum roll? Okay, drum roll. Okay, the winner <laughs> is Audrey Leonard. Woo! Woo! Congrats, Audrey. We'll be sending you out some stuff. We'll be getting in contact with you. We got a little bit of some New York prizes. We got some Columbus prizes. We got some handmade prizes. We have a few handmade prizes as well. Now, we'll be shipping it out within the next week by next Thursday because one small part of your gift still needs to come in the mail. But we'll be sending it out to you next week. Yeah. And what was um, Audrey's monster? I believe what? Audrey's monster was Jaws. Yes. What did what was did it exactly? She say? said something about. She had a very I you know I totally agree with her because I would have never thought of Jaws as my favorite monster, but she um 
She basically summed it up in a very short little sentence. Jaws, because what's scarier than a shark with a grudge? It's very true. Man, that is a really good point. I mean, anything <laughs> anything with a grudge, if it's, you know, if it's a single track mind, I'm mad at this person, I'm not stopping until I eat their, eat their bodies. Yeah, if you're on a grudge, you're relentless. You're, you're going to go for it. Absolutely. Great. So congratulations, Audrey. Woo! Expect your prizes soon, and we'll be getting in touch with you our people, will, well, us, will <laughs> send you an email. Yeah. So we'll take a short little break, and then you want to talk about your topic? I want to talk about my topic. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Break. Break. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. From your brief 15 minutes. <laughs> or if that's where you pause the show, welcome back from mm, doing the dishes or something. Working? Sure. <laughs> sure. Or just rocking out to our tunes by Eli Chambers. Thank you, Eli. You're a wonderful person. Eli also house sit or house sat for us when we were in New York City and we came back and everything looked great. But the weird thing, and I'm not sure if Eli did it, but the way our silverware was stacked when he washed the dishes looked like a ghost did it because they were stacked in a very cool pattern. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Or just a really OCD dishes washer. Or maybe just a very thorough human being, which we appreciate. So thank you, Eli. <laughs> and before we move on, I actually have a small excerpt from the audiobooks from You Should Have Left. Okay. Here it is. You should have left. Now I'm going to make your life a living heck. Also, boo. Wow. Did so you I just guess, write that? So that was a thing. No, it's here from the book website from the publishing house. <laughs> um, so, wow. Already very scary. I have my topic for this week, and if you've listened to the show, Lindsay, I know you've listened because we record it together and we're married. Yes, I'm here. You know that I really like lists. Yeah, you but love guess what? Lists. Guess what? You don't have a list. Only a small one right before. <laughs> so you do right have before, a list. Well, it's sort of a it's a it's a technicality because it's a very brief list that leads into my one topic. Okay. So uh, we're my my whole topic is not just. A list. Okay. Top 10 most handsome demons. No, that's not it. <laughs> well, that would be, that'd be interesting. Great. Who would your be? Who would your, like, your, your, your handsome demon be? Probably, what are they called? Uh, the devil's messenger, like a succubus or something. Because a succubus mm. comes to you and they're supposed to, you know, be your dream partner and then they eat your soul out of your mouth or something. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. Most handsome demon 2018. Well, like, are Greek gods considered, like, demons, kind of? No, not demons, because they're... I mean, I mean they're gods, but, they're like, some demons. of them are bad. I guess it could be any sort of corporeal, no, spectral sort of thing. So you could use a Greek god, that's fine. I don't know. I don't know a lot about demons. Well, that's fine. We'll do more research about do, demons. If you want to, you don't have to listen to what I say. You can do your research and find it, and then okay. just shout it when I you interrupt me. Okay. So I feel I interrupt. I, I talk a lot sometimes. So I found mine. <laughs> yes. I'm ready for it. Originally, I was going to do, I, it was going to be a list about the most intense stories, I guess, about people getting attacked by spirits. Okay. And I wrote getting punched by a ghost. I searched getting punched <laughs> by a ghost. And then the very first thing that came up was not a ghost. It was a, one of those mantis shrimps. Getting oh. punched by a mana shrimp. Man, so being punched by a ghost is probably pretty powerful. Well, 
mantis it's shrimp compared to getting punched to a, like by a mantis shrimp. Apparently, there were there were two reports where mantis shrimp, you know, broke the glass on their aquarium, and there was one report I saw it just broke the skin a little bit. Punchy, punchy little mantis shrimp. But this led me to arguably the most intense and violent story of poltergeist activity, which poltergeist activity could also include getting punched or scratched or hit. Right. Now, there are seven signs. Here's my small list. Seven signs of poltergeist activity, how you know for sure you're dealing with a poltergeist. Okay. Poltergeist, poltergeist activator. Okay. Okay. So the difference between a regular ghost and a poltergeist is a regular ghost doesn't necessarily have to touch you mm. or show presence that they're really there, but poltergeist activity is when they touch you or move stuff. Well, according to this list, almost every sort of spirit interaction is poltergeist activity. Is poltergeist activity, but people typically associate poltergeist activity with being touched or things moving. With but, the movie, which also may be another great 80s movie. Poltergeist is very good. Very oh, good man, Poltergeist movie. used to scare the crap out of me when I was little. When, what's the thing? There were, re- were, were you telling me there were real skeletons that popped up in the muddy Yeah, pool? Poltergeist movie, and oh. they have so many weird things that happen on movie set of people dying and getting hurt, and they use real skeletons. And that's so that's a whole. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> A word, a little street tip to you guys in the Hollywood biz. Please don't use real skeletons. Yeah. Don't. Especially when it's like a 10-year-old kid. But think about it this way. You donate your body to science, right? Would you be a? Would you <laughs> rather be a skeleton in a classroom in a typical normal high school in a normal, you know, random town? Yeah. Or would you be in a movie? I have floating two, around. I have two answers for you. Floating one, around, touching faces. One, here are my two answers. Here's number one. I'd be, I'd want to be research because I signed up for science. Now, two, but if there bones. was, check this out. Okay. If there was a, if there was a box you could check or on your license, organ donor or whatever, Bone I donor. would, do, I would want to be not donate my, well, maybe donate my body to science after I donate my body to Hollywood because <laughs> then you could be in movies. You could be a stunt double. Imagine right. being like, they really want to get the effect of someone falling off a building and say, I look a little bit like. I don't know, some... But they wouldn't use a skeleton, though. No, it wouldn't be my skeleton. It'd be my full body. Oh, your entire body. It'd be my entire body. So I think there might be laws against that. Who? Well, not in not in 2019. Just read about it. <laughs> but I don't know who they would use I would. They would use me for as a Hollywood double. Someone who's like six foot and like kind of out of shape. So, no. <laughs> so they would just toss me off a building. Oh, wow, that looked like such a real splat. I guess your organs really do fly out everywhere. But then... Apparently, everybody that falls in the ground also really quick sits up and gives a thumbs up and then falls over. Wow, I never knew that. But then they would use me and then, you know, donate my body Who would you want to be as a body double for? A dead body double. Anyone who is just, you know what? I don't know. Keanu Reeves. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. I was trying to think. (laughs) I don't know a lot about him, but John Cena seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. He's a philanthropist. Well, they would have to, like, stack a bunch. He's Jack. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, if I get to choose... (laughs) They would throw me in for some jacked, extremely They would use you as his man. leg. Maybe. You would be one of his legs. John Cena's body double would have to be like six people made into one person well, I to throw off the building. Like a Voltron or like the Power Rangers or whatever. <laughs> a I would, I would gladly be one of John Cena's legs. 
that's a that's a sentence. I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny to zoom out a little bit and think about sentences that you say that you've never said in your entire life, nor will you ever say again, except right now. <laughs> what was what I say? I'd volunteer to be one of John. I, I would happily be one of John Cena's legs. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves. I'm there for you, buddy, if you need it. So there you are. Make Ke- sure I'm dead first. We do know that Keanu, Reeve li- Keanu Reeves uh, listens, so thanks for what you do. And, <laughs> thanks, Keanu. Uh, yeah, if you need us to be a leg of yours, just holler at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so most paranormal activity is poltergeist activity. Okay. So there are seven, st- uh, seven types of poltergeist activity. Disappearing objects. Okay. Now, I don't know if that means out of thin air. I think it means you just things are walk gone. somewhere, it's gone. Objects levitating or being thrown, that's something that we societally all, you know, all sort of accept as being poltergeist activity. Right. Number three, scents or odors is considered poltergeist activity. Yeah, and we've talked about that before with like charcoal smells. Or sulfur. Sulfur, yeah. yeah. Electrical interference is considered to be poltergeist oh, like activity. EMF detectors? Or? Well, maybe that, but I think, I think more so them affecting like the, the lights wherever you are. Flickering. Flickering or the TV lights. going static, staticky. And then it pulls you in the TV. Speaking of TVs right now, we have just a big picture of Barack Obama on our TV. So <laughs> uh, now, he's right here with us listening to our podcast. Thank you, Barack Obama. Thanks, Barack Obama. Now, it's not like a screensaver. It's not by choice, <laughs> but it's also just, it, I mean, it's just very nice. But uh, having to... It just so happened where face. we paused the TV. Yeah, it's just very nice. Hey, Barack. Um... <laughs> Okay, so disappearing objects, levitating objects, or thrown objects. I guess anything being... It doesn't say objects moving, but I would assume that somewhere between levitation and being thrown, objects sliding around would probably be paranormal activity. Okay. Sensor odors, electrical interference, power from nowhere. I think that means, you know, there's been times in a few paranormal investigation shows where things will just all of a sudden work or have power that have never worked before. Okay. Or haven't yeah. worked in some time. A grip. Right, like you know. old clocks, you see that. Yeah. Dolls or something. Yeah, like creepy, creepy, creepy dolls stuff. with no batteries. Um, Which I think is so funny that like we, the movie Hollywood industry has made clocks scary. Clocks are creepy. Old. Like look at this clock. Look how scary it is. Now the clock on my phone that I'm looking at is not very scary. No. But if it were to just say boo really quick, then I'd be scared. <laughs> Noises in general is paranormal activity. Footsteps. Hearing, banging, hearing, whatever. And I feel any, like that's sort of the noise. biggest one. Yeah. So, I mean, all this stuff is paranormal activity. And physical attacks. So, yeah. But the only two that, before I read this list, I would have considered paranormal activity, things being thrown or moving and getting attacked in any way, shape, or form. Right. None of the others. But it's all, parano- it's all uh, poltergeist activity. Okay. Okay. So, now you know. So, now, <laughs> so now when, like, you're watching Ghost... Ghost Patrol or whatever you're watching on Science Fiction Network. If there's anything that happens, it's all basically all poltergeist activity. So this is the best instance or the most intense instance of poltergeist activity that's been recorded. Okay. And it happened to, is it Esther? E-S-T-H-E-R? I believe so. An old-fashioned es- 1800s lady, Esther Cox. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Esther was a popular name back then. It's a good name. Esther? Esther. I like it. Esther was from Amherst, Nova Scotia, our neighbor to the north. Okay. And this is the most important case in Canadian history. Now, I just reread that. I'm not sure what the most important case is in American history, but after reading this, 
I would say this is the most important case in world history of poltergeist activity. Okay. So this happened in 1878. They moved into a small house, and the very first thing that happened, the very first poltergeist activity where everything started, is they were in their bedroom, her and her husband, and something started moving under their covers. They thought it was a mouse or something like that, but it was not a mouse. They took the covers off, nothing there. Okay. Creepy. Yeah, so, very creepy. You know, blankets back then, I'm assuming, weren't super thick and fashionable, like duvet covers you get at Ikea. And then you see something that's about the roughly the size and shape of a mouse just moving under your covers. Take it off, nothing there. That's creepy. It is creepy. So they saw it, they were screaming, and then all of a sudden, Esther Cox's skin became really red and started to, like, she started swelling, almost like she was uh, stung by a bee or something. Okay. But, like, not her entire body, but, like, I'm assuming her face and her arms or something were swelling up. Uh, she started yelling, and then she couldn't breathe. Now, all this could be explained, maybe, she had a peanut allergy and she didn't know it. Maybe she just, like, went ham or on like some peanuts. Or, like, I mean, it's 1878. 78. That could be, like, a bug reaction. Sure. Something bit her or... But what, what makes it strange is that this happened directly after she saw... Of a non-existent mouse under her covers. Okay. Maybe it was a real mouse, and he just he just like maybe ran away was, really quick. Well, they used to like sleep on hay and stuff, so like maybe it was like a cockroach, and it like slipped right in there. Hey. Got away. Yeah. Maybe they, so. like by the time they opened the covers, it was like see ya. Or like mice can squeeze into things too. Mice can squeeze into a, yeah a lot of stuff. A lot. But anyways, continue. Think I will do it. Uh, <laughs> she she you know she jumped out of bed. She was screaming. Her skin was red and swelling. She started choking. Struggled breathing. I wrote that down, but that kind of, I understand that that's just choking. Oh, and then I wrote down here WebMD. Like if they had this back in the day, if they WebMD'd her symptoms, <laughs> I think it'd be funny. Because everything, if you if you WebMD, oh, I stubbed my toe. See, it, you're, you're, you're gone in your two hours. Your local physician, because you might be dying of this. this you're dying this. because you stubbed your toe. And after this happened, after, well, not after this happened, while this was happening, they heard four loud bangs coming from under her bed. After those four loud bangs, the swelling stopped. And then they went to sleep. How do you sleep after that? That's though? what I was thinking. I don't know how you go to bed after that. I'm awake for a year and a half minimum. Yeah. Well, either way, that's what it said. Now, you know, I I think we can I think we can gather that it wasn't like oh swelling's gone. Well, good night. <laughs> after all that <laughs> happened, you know, but everything happened. Calmed down. Went to sleep after the four loud bangs, and now the exact same thing happened four days later. You hear the four bangs nothing they go back to sleep or everything subsides you go back to bed now right. four days later same as the four knocks the exact same thing happens again almost verbatim to what happened four days prior the doctor or a doctor came to visit her and she was laying in her bed and the pillow just got pulled out from under her head while the doctor was examining while her. the doctor was examining her he got there he walked in the room pillow gone just went whoop, like someone pulled the pillow out from under her head why was she laying down she was sicky because she, after four days, then the exact same thing happened, happened again. They're like, well, maybe you're sick, so let's have a doctor come with you. So, you know, she stayed in bed. Okay. So a doctor came. Pillow flew from out from under her head. They heard bangs under the bed. And then after they heard the four bangs, again, four bangs under the bed. This is one part, I, you know, whatever. Above the doctor, in the drywall, uh, he said that he saw words just being carved into the wall. Like they were being carved as he was watching it, but no one was carving the words. And it said, Esther Cox, you are mine to kill in the so drywall. So that ghost just wanted to kill Esther. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. 
Uh, and then a big hunk of drywall fell into his lap or fell on the floor somewhere near him. And he went, well, I'm out of here. See you later. Uh, <laughs> I can't help you. I'm so nah, sorry. I forgot my, you know. Why don't you WebMD it? Wouldn't you know it? I forgot my, I forgot my stethoscope. <laughs> I got it. I'll be back. Ugh. Really got to get to the grocery store. If I don't come home with eggs again, my wife's going to be mad. What time? Well, I see the words. What time? I got to get, I got to hit the road. <laughs> I need to, they're having a sale on, what is it? Pleated khakis. They're all going to be gone. Oh, Those no. are hot these days. Are they coming back, you think, pleated khakis? Mm, no, I don't. Well, I don't know. I bet know. you they I, will. Yeah. They 100% I can see, will. like, Urban Outfitters. 2018, pleated be on the lookout khaki. for huge, baggy, pleated khakis. <laughs> Dad But, style. like, the thing, though, is, like, I don't think guys will be wearing them. Girls will be wearing them. Pleated khakis? That's what the the relaunch is going to be. Like, girls are going to be wearing pleated khakis. Because I didn't ever think that mom jeans were going to come back. They came back? And they totally came back. Yeah. But it's, like, young girls. Like, moms aren't wearing them. Young girls are wearing them. It's ironic to wear them. But you're not even a mom. You have to earn your jeans. You gotta earn the jeans. You gotta earn the jeans. I New like that slogan a lot. for Urban Outfitters. That you're welcome. A, that needs to be a thing when Jinkos were a thing too. You gotta, you earn, gotta earn those. Them. I bought a, I had like nine pairs and I was in eighth grade. I didn't earn those. You, you had to like thing? you had to like shred or like do a kickflip before you got your jinx. Well now, okay, then maybe I did earn them because I did have those soap shoes. Yeah. Soap shoes, if you don't know, I know we have a few listeners. I was going to say young, but you're not young. But I don't think you were around when they had soaps. Soaps were shoes, and in the center of them, they had these grind plates, like on rollerblades. You can go shred rails and stuff and shred <laughs> ledges and then just walk and then just walk away and go walk and go get your Mountain Dew. Yeah. Soaps. <laughs> Man, we used to have soap. We used to stay, whenever we had inside recess, we would just soap all day long on the bleachers. Well, then, like, the generation jeans. after us had, like, the rollers. Heelys. The Heelys, yeah. Yeah, I knew a kid in undergrad who had Heelys. I was like, oh, I don't know. I think you're 20 years old. I don't know if you need those. <laughs> but he had them. But hey, whatever. Okay, so the doctor left after he saw Esther Cox, you are mine to kill, carved in the wall. He split. He's like, oh, there's a sale on. I have to go. He came back a few days later, and he said that he got a potato thrown at him from across the room. Oh, no. That's a hard veg. I well, back in the day, you shouldn't be wasting food like that because, like, they didn't have a lot. No, they didn't. So, it's a very rude and irresponsible demon. Potato got thrown. Doctor split again. Oh, every time I come here, I got to... I just planned it so poorly. He had a split. Go. He came back again, and there were more happenings. Now there were noises coming from the roof uh, of their house instead of under the bed. And this is all within the span of like maybe a week or two or something like that. Okay. So there were now there was now banging on the roof. There's nothing on the roof, and the doctor wrote to a colleague. This is a this is an ad, this is a legitimate quote from this doctor. Here we go. Starting the quote. Honestly, skeptical persons were all were on all occasions soon convinced that there was no fraud or deception in the case. Were I to publish the case in the medical journals, as you suggest, I doubt if it would be believed by physicians generally. I am certain I could not have believed such apparent miracles had I not witnessed them. End quote. So he wrote that they, he, that they were actually true. He wrote that they were true, but he wouldn't write about them because people would ridicule him and laugh him out of the well, yeah. physician or the, the, the doctor community. I mean, I can, under, I can understand that. Right. Now I mean, I, they're going to be like, yeah, homeboy potato, come on. Okay, potato guy. Okay, potato boy. He probably got like the nickname <laughs> French fries. Was French fries French invented fry. yet? I think French fries have been around for a very long time. What years were French fries created? <laughs> <laughs> just out of curiosity, just to make things pretty spooky around here. <laughs> when were French fries invented? <laughs> invented. 
1789. Okay, so Here's French fries are around. Well, we don't need a summary. Okay, there's a picture <laughs> of a guy getting thrown off a boat. Obviously, French fries are very controversial. <laughs> but just tell us the year. That's all I need to know. 1789. So they were French fries. So they called him French fries. 1789. And this is happening in 1879, isn't French it? French fries. You just flip around a few of the numbers. And this eight, oh, 1878. Mm. I was going to say, if you flip the 7 and the 8 in 1789. It was all just a Idaho potato. Demon. Demon. Man, if this all has to revolve around French fries, I like French fries a lot more these days. French fries are wonderful. They're really, really good. Okay, <laughs> moving on. We haven't had dinner yet. Uh, <laughs> Now, I took a screenshot of the article, and this, again, is a very a mini list of other things that happened that were not knocking under the beds and the swelling and stuff. Okay. So, when the doctor came back, after he got the potato, he'd visit the house periodically. Here are things that the doctor noticed. Ready? I'm rapid-firing these bad boys. Okay, really quick, though. Why yes. did these people stay in the house? Well, I understand. Like, that's always that's always an issue, and that's always a question. But, but like, maybe they don't have the funds to really, leave? Well, it, it's really hard to move. You know, like just totally uproot your life. And they were, you know, maybe they still thought it was just her being sick. And I have no idea. I mean, I know like if there were a demon around here in this house, I don't think we could move super easy. We both work around here. We have, we, we can't, you know, just rent another house somewhere. I guess and, so. Well, I guess we can go stay with friends. Okay. Well, what's your, your rapid fire? I want to have a slumber party at a friend's house. Okay. Uh, rapid fire. These are things that happened as the doctor periodically made his way back. Unexplained fires erupted around the house. Bummer. Knives and forks were thrown uh, by an entity sticking violently into woodwork. Also a Great. bummer. Lit matches. Oh, this this one's cool. Lit matches materialized out of thin air and dropped onto their beds. And if they were made out of hay, very, very flammable. They were trying to blow up their beds. Blow the bed up. Blow that bed up. Ikea. Blow that bed up with fashion. <laughs> Duvet covers. Furniture moved about by itself, flipping over or slamming into walls. Loud slaps were heard, followed by the appearance of red finger marks on Esther's face. Okay, so she was being slapped by a ghost. Man, Man. what a bummer. Sewing pins appeared from nowhere and were jabbed into Esther's face. What? Oh my gosh, sewing Poor pins. Poor Esther. Uh, and last one, a pocket knife was ripped from the hand of a neighbor boy and stabbed into Esther's back. Man, Esther. she got a raw deal. I feel like Esther would have, like, if this happened today, Esther would have a reality show. Oh, yeah. Like, my, my keeping up with ghost. Esther. My, uh, what is, like, uh, possess, something possessed. What's what's the show? Possess, possessions. A ghost abroad. A ghost abroad. No, but then you'd be following the ghost possessing different people. That'd be a good show. Oh, a ghost. You get to follow a demon around and watch as they possess certain people. And <laughs> I think that would be the hard part is getting a demon that's willing to do that. Though. My favorite part would be the like little talking head interview parts where they'd be like, well, no, I'm going to Greg's house and I plan on setting him on fire. Here I go. Wish me luck. Oh, I'm so nervous. It's my first day at Greg's house. And then him and Greg would have a hard heart and then he set him on fire. Uh, just like a quick, just a very small fire. Very yeah. small. So after all that happened, Esther finally went to church. And behi from behind the priest, they heard a super, they heard super loud banging. And the banging became so insistent and so loud that you couldn't hear the sermon. Esther realized, you know, this is probably me. So she left. Aw. You know, I'm probably. Like Esther is that, that bummer down on their luck person that it's just like man but, but who's still level-headed yeah they're like i'll go you know it's me 
I'll see myself out because I <laughs> apparently brought the demon to church. I know. And this is a really good sermon. So I'm yeah. going to split. So Esther left the church. My list got moved. Here we go. And then finally, the landlord evicted her and her family. Said, you guys are out of here. My house is catching on fire and you're being punched by a demon and stabbed by a demon. So, so you guys it wasn't the go. house necessarily that was haunted. It was Esther. It was Esther being possessed. Now she moved and she went and lived and worked at a farm. She stayed in this guy's barn. But the barn guy got her arrested because the goats on his farm started floating in midair. I'm just joking about the goat part. Goats. But, but Esther moved to this barn, moved to this farm, lived in a barn, and the owner of the farm did arrest her. Because when she was living in the barn, the barn burnt to the ground. And the farmer thought it was her that just burnt his barn down. Maybe she was just wild and crazy. She might have been a little, just a wild child. She was just a wild child. She might have been a wild got child. Got kicked out of church, got kicked out of the barn, kicked out of her house. That's a cool image, though, to have back then. Ugh, sorry, I got this demon. I'll leave. Like this older, you know, inner 80s lady that just like, I think she was wild fairly, child. Well, I think I remember reading she was fairly young. Oh. Maybe mid-20s. Wild child. That's wild classic child. wild child age. Probably. We've both been there and been crazy. <laughs> um, but the farm owner did arrest Esther or did have her arrested because his barn burnt down. She was supposed to serve a four-month sentence. But only served one month. Because she was going to burn down the prison. She was going to burn down the prison. I think it was for good behavior. And after she got arrested, no more ghosts. Small things would happen comparatively. See, she was just a wild child. She needed to be put in her place and things went away. Mm-hmm. I think... Her inner demons. Her inner demons and her outer demons. And yeah. she was arrested uh, as soon as she got out of jail. There were small happenings, but it just subsided, just stopped. No more ghosts. That's it. Nice. Now, there was a book written about all of this by a guy named Walter Hubble, and it's called The Great Amherst Mystery. According to this, in the book, in The Great Amherst Mystery, it contained, either in the front or the back of the book, a copy of an affidavit that Walter Hubble had people sign. It was signed by 16 different witnesses that said, yes, legally, I say this happened, I'm signing the affidavit, and it's, and it's included in the book. Which actually gives it a little bit of legitimacy, but the fact that this was happening in 1878, who knows, right? Yeah. That's so why I always another book maybe you can pick up. The Great Amherst, The Great winter. Amherst Mystery by Walter Hubble or Hubel or Hubel, H-U-B-B-E-L-L. But that is that's my story. Good story. Thank you, Esther Cox. Punched Esther and stabbed Cox. by a ghost. Went to jail. Now she's fine. See, that always just reminds me of that old client that I always tell you about that I had when I used to do hair. Um, she was an older woman and would come in for her weekly blowouts, and her name was Ethel Wilcox. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was like reincarnation of Esther Cox because she was kind of a, a rebel and kind of a, a wild child. A, a wild child, and she had a really thick southern accent, and she'd tell me to really wash her hair because it itched her something terrible. Now, when you would wash your hair, did her hair turn into snakes <laughs> and bite your wrists? No. Are you sure? You hesitated. But, well, I don't want to talk about it. That's but fine. maybe for another time. Now, when, now that was weird because you said she, whenever she sneezed, a bunch of ants would come out of her nose. Well, yeah, there's that. But that's, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, you get a certain age. Mm. Start sneezing fire ants. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for us, gang. 
Yeah, I had a little superstition thing, but maybe we'll save it till next week. I guess we kind of went a little long, huh? Yeah, that's okay. Okay. We'll save it, or I'll even maybe post Superstition or Not, the little game that I wanted to play on our Instagram and maybe Twitter, and you can play before we discuss it. You can play with us. You can play with us. Now, we are on Twitter and Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. You can send us an email with personal stories, fodder for us, but you know, for potential topics. I was reading uh, one topic from our good, good friend, Dana Poling, Dana Ray. Uh, we call him the Dazzler. And I think it's something I just need to do more research on because, which is par for the course for Dana, it's very heady and a little hard to understand. <laughs> I also have a very tiny brain, but maybe that will be something that we discuss in a next, the next week or two. Yeah, perhaps. if there's any topics that you want us to talk about or if there's any facts about the things that we've already discussed, shout out. Now, I have been called out a few times in real life, like, well, I can't believe you didn't know that. Just do some research. Well... Me either, but hey, we, I know <laughs> hey, we have... we're just, we're just <laughs> regular people talking about scary things, because that's what we like, and that's what we enjoy. That's it, and I like to be blissfully ignorant a little bit sometimes. It's very nice. <laughs> it makes it more fun. I think it makes it more fun, and then, yeah, it just makes it more fun. Haha, <laughs> giggle time. I'd like to say, well, we would both like to say a huge thank you to the Scavengers Network for hosting our show and being a wonderful family of podcasts. You can find some of the podcasts on the network by going to their Instagram or their Twitter, at ScavengersNet. There is also a small Facebook group. I believe it's just The Scavengers Network. Um, right now, it's sort of a whip, a work in progress, but you can go there and ride along and be along for the journey of this uh, blossoming podcast network. That was pretty good. Yeah. Was Very right. spring. I uh, Can't wait for spring, Ready guys. For spring. <laughs> wow, all the snow on the ground? Give me a flower or five. Can't wait for spring. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a spooky week. Have a spooky but productive week. Grip grip (laughs) it and rip it, everybody. Have a creepy weekend, week time. Have a creepy week time. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Farewell. Bye. Boo. Boo.